0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. As, As always, it's great to be with all of you. And we'd like to start our conversation, as is our custom, by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the Church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also... We turn to Mary by calling out to Mary in the beautiful prayer of the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Therefore, let us uh, say the prayer that Mary loves most, and that prayer is the Hail Mary. So, together, let us pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed the fruit of womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite our spiritual director to be with us. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. What a great privilege. And like Mary, the Holy Spirit has many titles, among which would be the Holy Spirit is the Paraclete, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, highlights the fact that Mary is also the, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit is also the gift of gifts. The Holy Spirit is the sweet guest of the soul. The Holy Spirit is also our consoler, consoler and counselor, Holy Spirit is also our interior master. St. Paul says we really don't know how to pray as we ought, but good news. The Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So I'd like to um, invite the Holy Spirit to be with us to, to accompany us in our pursuit of holiness. As Jesus says, be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. So let's pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. And that prayer is Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Beledipatim, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. How true it is, my friends, that the family that prays together stays together, and a world at prayer is a world at peace. Those are sayings of the great Father Patrick Payton, known as the Rosary Priest. So today, in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, I'll be praying for all of you. I'd like to place all of you on the altar when they celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I will be offering these specific intentions. The first will be, I'd like to pray for all of us that we would be open today, as well as always, to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer today. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Our next intention, I'd like to pray for all of our families, for the conversion of all of our family members, that we would be converted more and more to the love of Christ, Recognize that only Christ can give us true happiness. And that not only would we be converted, but we'd be sanctified. We'd be sanctified. That's another way for saying that we would really grow in holiness. As Jesus says, be holy. Be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. And that we would persevere to the end and that we would be saved. Jesus says very clearly what would it profit a man what would it profit a man to gain the whole world if he loses his soul. And my other intention will be, I like to pray (coughs) for the dying. Especially for those who are not well disposed. They're really not ready to die. In fact, the most important moment in our life is the moment that we die. Let's Turn to Mary, we pray to Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. That those who will die today, that they would open their hearts to the infinite mercy of God. And receive His mercy and salvation. Those are my chief intentions. I'd like to ask you to pray for another intention. And it's the following. <clears throat> Starting today, for the next four Tuesdays in the parish, I'm going to be giving a mini course to the teenagers. Most of the teenagers have already finished school. Finishing school this, this week, if not earlier. So I'm starting a mini course for the young people. And it's going to be based on this book. You've probably seen this book, maybe some of you even have it. This is published by Sophia Press. And it's called From Humdrum to Holy, a step-by-step guide, guide to living like a saint. You see the picture, the first stick figure is the person that's not following God. He's weighed down sad, depressed, where the other one is standing up with a smile on his face with face with a halo over his head. So my chorus, I'd like to ask you to pray for my chorus. We'll start tonight. We'll start tonight at 7 o'clock at the old church building. We'll start by praying the Most Holy Rosary, and I'll give a 45-minute talk. And a topic related to the book and the pursuit of holiness. Then the young people will divide into groups and they'll be, have time for them to be sharing. Sharing in their spiritual life. Sharing in their spiritual life. sharing in their spiritual life. So I invite you to pray for me, pray for the young people that this course will help them. And the the only thing that I'm really asking them is to read a chapter a day. There are 24 chapters. So it fits into the four-week program. A chapter a day. And to spend Just a few, maybe a few minutes, writing down what was the idea that seemed to jump out at you. What was the idea that seemed to kind of jump out at you? So, that course will start tonight at the Parish of St. Peter Chanel. And I really appreciate, I really appreciate your, your prayers. You're following up on our June thematic. June is the month of the most sacred heart of Jesus. Today I'd invite all of you, if you don't already have it, to to place in a prominent place in your homes an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You notice that in my in my studio here on the wall, we have this beautiful image of the of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I invite all of you, if you don't already have one, to purchase a beautiful image of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. And perhaps you can ask a priest to go and enthrone the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary in your homes. So that's our brief reflection today on the most sacred heart of Jesus. All right. Like yesterday, today we have a saint we'd like to talk about. Then we're going deeper into the Old Testament book of Tobit Then we have Jesus confronted by his enemies that try to trap him with a tricky question. They try to trap him. And our Lord responds with consummate wisdom. So, my friends, we've got a A lot to cover today. The saint of the day, the book of Tobit, and the gospel in which they try to corner and trap the Lord. And the Lord responds by humiliating them and amazing them by his response. So yesterday we celebrated the great... English missionary to Germany was instrumental in strengthening, fortifying Germany. His name is Saint Boniface. And the the two key elements that Saint Boniface used to sanctify and fortify the declining faith in Germany back in the 600s, 700s was to form the clergy well. How important it is, my friends, to form the priests and the bishops. Even after we're ordained priests, we have to work on what is called our permanent formation. We're constantly in a state of, of formation. The second thing that St. Boniface did in Germany was very much related to who he was even before he became a missionary to Germany. He was a Benedictine monk. In the Benedictine monks they have monasteries and they dedicate themselves to prayer and penance for the church. So he decided to set up as many monasteries in Germany is possible monasteries where both men would live in one monastery, then women would live in another monastery. They would be praying for the sanctification of the country. So those were the two the two uh, apostolic techniques that uh, Saint Ba Boniface used. And he ended his life, he went to what would be what would be the Netherlands, the not the modern Holland. And he was preparing a group of people to be confirmed and he was massacred, he was martyred, shedding his blood for Christ. So today, my friends, we celebrate Church celebrates St. Norbert. The founder of the Premonstrians or the Norbertines. He was born in Germany around the year 1080 and died 1134 at about 54 years of age. I'm going to talk now about an experience you see in the lives of some of the saints. And I call it <coughs> a Damascus experience. A Damascus experience that would change the direction of the life of this individual. I'll mention a few. And this definitely happened in the life of St. Norbert. St. Paul, known as the, the apostle to the Gentiles also, whose name was Saul of Tarsus, was heading to Damascus. And he was heading there, (coughs) he heard a voice in a shining flash from heaven that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He fell to the ground and said, who are you, Lord? And he heard the voice, I'm Jesus who you are persecuting. Get up and go into Damascus. He got up and he was totally blind. He was led by the hand into the city of Damascus on Straight Street. God speaks to Ananias and after fasting for several days Ananias goes, places his hands upon Saul. Scales fall from his eyes. He's baptized and it's no longer Saul but it's St. Paul. That's his Damascus experience. God intervened in a very powerful way to convert the fiery preacher and teacher, Saul of Tarsus, transforming him into the great apostle St. Paul. Another one would be St. Ignatius of Loyola. Like Saul of Tarsus, he had his own Damascus experience, but it was not in Damascus, but rather it was in Pamplona. Ignatius, a soldier, fighting against the French, trying to hold down the fortress of Pamplona. He put up a good fight, but the French army was much more powerful and they shot a cannonball It crashed through the wall and went right toward Ignatius, shattering both of his legs. He was carried back to his castle in Loyola and through painful suffering, painful operations, God intervened in a special way through this (coughs) providential accident Then Ignatius started to read the lives of the saints. And the lives of the saints, they captivated him. And he said, if Dominic can do it, why can't I? If Francis can do it, why can't I? If Augustine can do it, why can't I? If the Desert Fathers can do it, why can't I? So Ignatius underwent a very painful conversion. This would be his Damascus experience. One more before we arrive at the life of the saint that we celebrate today. St. Augustine. St. Augustine when he was in his early thirties who had a very powerful Addiction. He was addicted to sex. Such that one of his prayers was, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. His mother was praying for him for many years. Praying, fasting, offering tears. And Monica went to talk with St. Ambrose and he said, Do not talk to Augustine about God, but talk to God about Augustine. And she wept profuse tears. Ambrose said, a woman that has shed so many tears, her son will be converted. When did this happen? When did Augustine have his own Damascus experience. God works in all of us in a different way. God knows who we are. He knows our family formation. He knows our culture. He knows our gifts. He knows our wounds. He knows our weaknesses. God is so intelligent that he knows how to work with all of us in a different way to bring the best out of us. In the case of Augustine, he was a teacher of public speaking, of rhetoric, and he had moved from (coughs) Africa to Rome, from Rome, north of Rome to Milan. And one day, he was sitting in a garden and he heard these words, Toli legi, Toli legi, which is Latin, take and read. So I picked up a book there in the garden. It happened to be uh the the New Testament. It was the letter of Saint Paul to the Romans, chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. In which Paul says, Do not give in to the desires of the flesh, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The dark the dark night is over, the light is coming. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, now do not give in to carousing and immorality, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. These words broke the resistance of Augustine. He decided he was going to become a Christian. He went to his mother and said, I'm ready. Then he and his friend Olypius and his son went to Ambrose and they were baptized. There in Milan. So what I've been doing, my friends, I'm talking about Damascus experiences. Now what about you? You who are in this Perseverance family with me, you wouldn't be here if you did not have some type of Damascus experience. What was it that seemed to touch your heart and to maybe knock you off your horse or to blind you. I think all of us have had at least to a limited degree our own Damascus, Pamplona garden experience. That was also the case of Saint Norbert who is Changed from an enemy of Jesus into a strong, loyal follower of Christ. A little, little bit of background. little bit of background. St. Norbert he was actually born in Germany where saint Saint Boniface had worked earlier a couple of centuries earlier in the work of the of the transformation of Germany into a Catholic practicing Catholic country and Norbert was uh brought up and raised in a very, very wealthy, luxurious family. (coughs) So much so that Norbert was a a cousin to the emperor of Germany. And he had basically everything in life. You name it, he had it. He'd be like the son of a rich millionaire millionaire today in, in the United States. So, he had money. He was very intelligent. (coughs) He was charismatic. He had popularity. He had success. Basically, on a a human mundane level, he was a huge, huge success. (coughs) However this carefree life that he lived uh, did not make him happy. It did not make him happy. And often in some, some of my recent talks, one of the key themes that I've been hammering away at is not only the universal call to holiness, but it's also the universal call to happiness. Let's be honest. Everyone in the world, everyone in the world wants to be happy. Imagine if you're walking down the street and you stop and you ask a person, Do you want to be happy? You think the person gonna say, uh well, six days of the week I like to be happy, but but Monday I like to be sad the whole day? I doubt that's gonna be the case. We wanna be we wanna be happy always. Then why is it why is it that there are so many people in the world that are sad and depressed and they're discouraged, they're suicidal? You never live in a society with so much wealth but also with so much depression and people considering ending their lives. And it is somewhat related <coughs> to... um the saint today, Norbert, because all the money in the world and the pleasure in the world and the popularity in the world is not to give us true joy. We can buy pleasure, but true joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So let's talk now about the Damascus experience of the young Norbert. Norbert had his own horse. He was on the horseback riding through the woods. See how God intervenes. A heavy storm broke out unexpectedly. And there was a sudden bolt of lightning. Sudden bolt of lightning. And it frightened the horse. And as the horse reared up, Norbert fell to the ground. Certain sense, this is kind of like the experience of Saint. Paul on the road to Damascus we don't know for sure, but most likely Saul was on a horse heading toward Damascus so Norbert was was thrown off the horse because of the storm, and he lost he lost consciousness. And see how God works. The Holy Spirit enlightened Norbert. And Norbert saw this as a warning from God. A warning from God. And... He wondered, Lord, what do you want me to do? Very much like Saul of Tarsus. And Norbert seemed to hear a, a, a voice speaking within his heart. You know, my God, my friend, God can speak to us in many ways like with Augustine, reading Romans 13, through persons, through circumstances, through nature, God can speak in a thousand and one different ways. But we have to be attentive to the way God speaks to us. And it seemed as if he heard these words give up the foolish, empty life you're leading. He was eating and drinking and having fun and living it up, living a very worldly life. Eat, drink and be merry, it's Miller time, we'd say in the United States. And then God said to him, he seemed to hear the voice of God saying, begin to do good to those around you. Now don't forget that Norbert came from a very wealthy family that his unc- that his cousin was the emperor. So instead of living a selfish, egotistic life where I call it the egotistic trinity, me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I. Why not dedicate yourself to doing good to others? That's what he heard. So Norbert, trying to interpret these words... He took them seriously. He took and he sold all of his property. He sold his property. Most likely gave it to the poor. And then... He... He became a priest. So what a radical what a what a radical transformation. Kind of like a playboy of the <coughs> 11th century. 11th and 12th century, becoming a playboy and all of a sudden he's radically transformed, he becomes a Catholic priest. And one of the things he did is he took his own life as a testimony against himself. And he decided to do the exact opposite. So many of you have liked my little <coughs> my little proverb, the egotistic trinity. Me, myself, and I. Well, really, that's what he was living. And many people seem to be living out this egotistic trinity. Me, myself, and I. I'm the big man on campus. That is the lifestyle of many people. And it was Norbert until he was knocked off his horse. Sometimes God has to knock us off uh, for a for knock us off our high horses too. So he preached to everyone about the danger of living the way he had lived a few years before. In other words, he learned from his own experience and he preached to others, encouraging them not to follow that materialistic lifestyle. So, his lifestyle was so radically transformed, and he seemed to be a truly authentic follower of Jesus Christ. So, many young men decided to follow, to follow Norbert, to follow in the footsteps of Norbert. What he did was, following in the footsteps of Saint Boniface, he started, he established many monasteries in somewhat rural, out-of-the-way places these monasteries so that individuals could go there and in silence in prayer and in meditation they could encounter God and hear the Word of God speaking to them. You know it's interesting my friends the whole concept or idea of silence or the opposite of it. Paul VI says that we're bombarded by the cacophony of strident protests in our modern world. I like that phrase. We're bombarded by the cacophony of strident protests. Pope Benedict XVI sixteenth in one of his talks in Dunwoodie to the seminary and say that it's difficult today for young people to hear the word of God because they're bombarded by so many different noises. I would call that noise pollution that they can't hear the voice of God. Elijah heard the word of God not in the thunder or the lightning. Or rather in the gentle breeze. So Norbert was establishing these monasteries. And young men wanted to follow him. And Norbert usually. Would open a hospice. Near one of these monasteries. So that the sick people. Travelers and pilgrims could find rest and help. I just finished reading The Life of Padre Pio. The Life of Padre Peel. Written by his friend Gabriel Damorth, who was the chief exorcist of Rome for about 30 years. Most of you remember the stigmata of Padre Pio. Many of you remember the mass that Padre Pio would say, would would sometimes take three hours. But very much at the heart of Padre Pio were the suffering. Those who suffered in body and soul, and he was instrumental in the building of, as they say in Italian, "casa di solevo." The house, it was like a house uh, for the suffering. We see this as a common note in the lives of the saints is that they love God, but they love those who God loves, and those are people. Loving God by serving others, by practicing the corporal works of mercy. So he set up a hospit for the travelers as well as the tired, as well as the sick. So (coughs) Norbert attracted men to follow him. And he was instrument in founding this new order called the Norbertines. And he wrote a rule. He wrote a rule for his brother priests. And this is what the rule states. It says that be of one mind and heart in God. Be of one mind and one heart in God. Let me tell you personal experience. be of one mind and one heart of God in God.' about about nine years ago I, I traveled to the other part of the country to celebrate a Diamond Jubilee. and that's sixty years. after I finished celebrating the mass for this couple beautiful mass with a lot of people. I was sitting down at the table with a couple enjoying their company. And one of them said to me, you know, after 60 years, we never had one serious problem in 60 years. And this couple had nine chi- they've got nine children 39 grandchildren. And they have a son who's a priest and that's me. So those were my parents. My father died about 8 years ago. But the reason why they had no serious problem was that they put into practice what What Norbert said, be of one mind and heart in God. What I'm saying is that they, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they always put God first. So both of them were united in the sacramental life, marriage, Holy Communion and prayer. In unity, my friends, there is strength. Maybe you've heard the saying the chain is only as strong as the weakest link. Have you heard that one before? The chain is only as strong as the weakest link. So I've got a chain with with ten links but one of them is cardboard. If I pull it, it's going to It's going to break because of that weak link. Because of that weak link. So Norbert wanted his brothers to be of one mind and heart in God. What the devil wants to do, the devil wants to divide. And even the word, the word from Greek, "diablos" means division. The Holy Spirit wants to unite, whereas the devil wants to divide. So, his order is also called the pre-monstratensians. It's kind of a long name founded the Order of the Premonstratensians because it was founded near Premontre in France. But normally they're called the Norbertines. Now, Norbert Saint Norbert had a great devotion to the Eucharist, and he encouraged respect and reverence for it, so he had a great devotion to the Eucharist, and encouraged great respect for it. By the way, connecting this devotion of St. Norbert, yesterday spoke partially about the feast day we celebrated on Sunday, which is the Blessed Trinity, which is the greatest mystery of our Catholic faith. We believe in one God and three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. This coming Sunday, we celebrate another well, another one of the great mysteries of our Catholic faith this Sunday, my friends we're going to be celebrating we're going to be celebrating the feast is called Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi, which is the solemnity of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. We well, celebrate the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And in our parish Sunday at about 3 o'clock, we're going to have a mini retreat and a procession. So I invite all of you, I invite all of you in this week as we're heading towards Sunday, which is the solemnity of the Corpus Christi, to augment and to strengthen your love and devotion toward the Eucharist. Not to forget that the American bishops are trying to have a three-year crusade to promote to promote great devotion to the Most Holy Eucharist. So Norbert had great devotion to the Eucharist and tried to promote this, this great reverence for it. Never forget when you come into a Catholic church. When you come into a Catholic church, Like Moses before the burning bush. Take off your sandals. Not physically. But leave. 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 Leave your distractions. Leave, leave your noise outside the church. And recognize you're coming before the burning bush. And that burning bush is God himself. As God said to Isaiah chapter 6, a three times holy God. Have great reverence Pope Ben the says that we're losing, we're losing the sense of the sacred in our Catholic churches. We're losing the sense of the sacred in our Catholic churches. Now, Norbert has so much so many gifts that not only was he the founder of the Norbertines but he was also made an archbishop and one thing that he also did was he fought very strongly against the the heresies against the heresies. What does the word heresy mean? It would be erroneous doctrinal teachings that were being spread far and wide. Today, there are so many heresies that it's hard to even start to see which are the major heresies. So St. Norbert fought against the heresies of the day and he encouraged loyalty to the Holy Father. Loyalty to the Pope. I heard that the Holy Father is going to be taking a trip to Mongolia. Which is mostly Buddhist, he's going to be going there and spending about three days there. Let's pray for our priests, pray for our bishops, pray for our cardinals, pray for the holy father. let's pray for pray for Holy Mother church <coughs> and norbert had Norbert had preached with great success. To the rich and the poor. And he was someone that felt comfortable with the poor as well as the rich, having come from a very rich family. St. Paul goes on to say, We should become all things to all men so as to win it, at least some to Christ. So, let's let's pray to St. Norbert that we would be converted. Let's pray to Norbert that we would be converted. And let's pray also for the conversion of our world, the conversion of our society, the conversion of the church, and the conversion of our own hearts how beautiful it is my friends what a blessing it is my friends to be a Catholic to be a Catholic so let's ask St. Norbert to bless the Norbertines we have a good friendship with the Norbertines here in Southern California may God bless them they have many vocations. May God bless them with many vocations and holy priests to save many souls. And I'd like to give to you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.